In order to make sales, you've got to have an audience to sell to. But how in the world are you supposed to find those people? You've been showing up on social media, you created a podcast, and yet all you're hearing is crickets. Unfortunately, when it comes to building your business audience, if you build it, that doesn't mean they will come. You've got to be intentional about going out and finding your audience and then bringing them back into your corner of the online space in order to nurture them into those customers and clients, which means that you need lead generation strategies. So in today's episode, I'm sharing 10 different lead generation strategies that you can put in place for your business to grow your audience. Be aware that I only want you to choose one of these to work on for now. Please do not try and implement all 10 or even two or three. One is enough to get started, and as you become more comfortable with that strategy, then you can implement others. You're listening to episode 163 of the Chasing Simple podcast, and I'm your host, Amanda Warfield. This episode was brought to you by my book, Chasing Simple Marketing, and you can grab your own copy at amandawarfield.com slash book. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Really quickly, before we dive into this episode, I just have to share something that I'm really excited about with you. My book, Chasing Simple Marketing, is launching this July. I wrote this book for the business owner that stumbled into entrepreneurship because they were following their passion, but without that master's of business administration or that background in business, well, they find marketing overwhelming and frustrating. Throughout these pages, I'm going to take you on a simplicity-focused journey to improve your content marketing, and you'll walk away with an actionable plan to simplify your marketing so that you can fit your marketing into your business without it taking over your business. To learn more about how to grab your own copy and even potentially get on the launch team, head over to amandawarfeld.com book. I'll see you there. So what is lead generation and how does it fit into your business and your marketing goals? Well, Lead generation is simply generating, bringing in new leads, whether that means that you are bringing in new leads for your one-to-one services, so you're only needing to generate a handful of leads, or whether it means you are generating leads to move into your 
funnels. So moving into your email list, so you're trying to bring in email subscribers. And I think this is generally what we think of when we think lead generation in this online space. We think, okay, I need to get as many people on my list as possible so that I can have as much lead generation as possible and grow my list and make money and all this stuff. But lead generation can also just simply mean bringing in new people so that they hear about and are interested in working with you in a one-on-one capacity or maybe within your membership or whatever it looks like where it doesn't always have to be just bringing people onto your email list. Although that is a big component of lead generation, of course. So when it comes to lead generation, what needs to be in place for your business in order to actually successfully nurture those leads once they've been generated? So first and foremost, in order to have successful lead generation, you have to understand your audience and you have to understand who your audience is. Now, do you need to know their favorite color and where they go for vacation and where they like to shop? Not really. Those kind of things can be useful in very small instances. For example, if you know where the majority of your audience's favorite place to shop is, you know that you could get a gift card to that place and it would be a good incentive to have them fill out your annual survey. And they'll be more likely to fill it out because you've got a giveaway for this place that they love to shop. But when it comes to your messaging, those things aren't all that important, but you do need to really understand who they are what they have in common, and what problem they have that you can solve for them. Those are the things you really need to understand in order to be able to generate leads because if you don't know those things, you're going to have a really hard time with some of these strategies and successfully using them. Another thing that you will need for lead generation is incentives. So Part one of lead generation is bringing people just to get to know you and getting in front of them so they know your name and know your business, right? But if you want to actually convert them, convert the lead into a client or customer, you're going to likely have to give them some kind of incentive, whether it's, you know, that limited time, whatever, whether it's a bonus that they get for a certain amount of time, whether it's a discount that you're offering right now, giving someone a reason to go now is a right time for me to do this is always going to be important. So having incentives that you can use every now and then throughout the year in your marketing to encourage those people that have been thinking about it, but haven't really had that reason to go, oh yes, it's time. Giving them that reason is going to be really important through that incentive. The other thing you're going to need is a lead management tool or tools. This is going to vary depending on what kind of leads you're generating most likely you're generating multiple kinds of leads. So if you have one-to-one clients and you're trying to generate leads for that, well, you're going to need some kind of CRM tool, a client relationship manager tool. I cannot recommend HoneyBook enough. I personally absolutely love and adore HoneyBook. I use it for everything, for both of my businesses, for managing all of my massive collaboration projects. So when I hosted the summit those two times, which if you haven't checked out the summit yet, you can grab your free ticket by going to amandawarfield.com slash summit. And it is all about how to prepare your audience for your next launch. But every time I hosted the summit, I used HoneyBook to help manage all of my, not my leads, but my collaborators, my, my speakers, my, um, 
affiliates, all of those people. And when I record podcast episodes, you've probably heard me talk about in the past the fact that I record in batches. And so I only record guest episodes once, maybe twice a year, and I will record 20 episodes in a week. I manage that entire process through HoneyBook. So I just, I love all the functionality of it. I'm obsessed with it. If you want to grab a discount and try it out for yourself, head to the show notes and I will have one linked for you there. But you need some kind of client relationship management tool if you're going to be bringing in one-on-one clients because there are a lot of moving pieces. And even once someone is totally onboarded as a client, it's just really nice to have one spot to refer back to and go, okay, here are all my clients. Here's what's happening with this client, what's happening with this client, here are my notes for this client. And just being able to really just step into that and have it all in one place. Some other client relationship management tools that are out there, Dubsado is another one that is heavily promoted by creatives in the space. I've also heard of Oh, there's one with a hat in it. Top hat, one hat. I don't remember, but I've heard about that one. I've heard about Bonsai. There are a bunch of different ones out there. So do some work and look into, if you don't have a CRM tool, look into which one might be best for you and for your clients. And then when it comes to generating leads for everything else in your business, all of the quote unquote scalable things, you're going to need some kind of email management system. I personally love and use Kartra, which again, you can grab a discount in the show notes if you want to try Kartra out. I love Kartra because it's all in one. It has all of my products for the shop. It has all of my courses. It has my membership, everything that I do in my business outside of one-to-one clients really is in Kartra. So it's got all of that. It hosts all of those different things for me, but then it also is my full email management system as well. So all of my email marketing happens through there. Anytime I do honestly, basically anything that drives people, like all of these growth strategies that we're going to talk about later. For example, when I am a speaker for a summit or am on a podcast, when I am part of a bundle and I have to send those people to a certain page to sign up for whatever my thing is within that collaboration. I create tracking links specifically so that I know where everyone's coming from. There's a million and one things you can do and I could create an entire podcast episode or more about that. So I won't continue to dive into it, but Kartra is an all-in-one, which is why I really love it. I believe Kajabi is also an all-in-one and some other email management systems that I've heard about that people really love are Kartra, Flowdesk. Uh, I love MailerLite. It's a great free option when you're just starting out, but it's not an all-in-one. And there are many, many more out there too, but those are kind of the big main ones that I hear about a lot. I personally love Teachable to host my things, my courses and such when I first started out because it was a cheaper option, but They've raised their prices so many times at this point. I'm not sure if it's still a cheaper option. And I ended up moving away because it wasn't an all-in-one. So do with that what you will. But having that lead management, that student management system is so important when it comes to those email subscribers so that you're able to see who's on your list and send them to the different emails that you need to send them to. So you've got to have that way to manage your leads and know how many leads you have and what different things they've opted into. And then you also need to have a way to reach your people. And that is where these 10 lead generation strategies come into play. So with these strategies, these tend to be what people think about with growth strategies. If you listen to episode 148, the part of your marketing plan you might be forgetting, you heard me talk about the fact that every marketing strategy needs 
two parts. You've got to have your nurture strategy, which is what you're talking about with your content, what you're doing with your content, how you're bringing your people towards the sale, your messaging, things like that. But then you also have to have a growth strategy. And that's all these lead generation strategies are, is they're just ways for you to grow your business and get in front of new people. So you've got organic growth strategies and you've got paid growth strategies. Paid ones obviously are something that you're paying up front for. And then organic are those that like content marketing, they are free typically or low cost and they tend to take a bit more time to test, but less money, more time versus more money, less time kind of thing. So let's start with the organic ones. The first one is content. Yes, your content is your nurture strategy and no, your content really shouldn't be your end-all be-all growth strategy. It can help you grow, but I wouldn't recommend that it was your growth strategy, but it is a lead generation tool. So what I mean by that is that unless you happen to go viral, you're probably not seeing crazy growth with just your podcast or your YouTube or whatever your social media may be. You're probably not seeing crazy growth through those, but you're seeing some growth. So it's still technically a growth strategy, but what it is doing is it's nurturing those people that have found your content into true leads. So while they may be lurkers right now, what you're hoping to do with your content through the nurturing you're doing with your content is to entice them to decide to work with you one-on-one or to opt into your email list, which will then continue to nurture them into a student or a customer, whatever that may be in your business. So your content, while not necessarily what I want you to do for your growth strategy, because remember, you're only going to choose one. Not what I want to technically be your growth strategy. It is an important tool for lead generation. So make sure your content that you're putting out is geared towards generating those leads. It's geared towards leading your people back to becoming a client or a customer or a student. It's turning them from lurker to lead. That's always the goal with your content. So then the next lead lead generation strategy that we have is collaborations. And I talked about this a bit earlier, whether it's you're being part of a podcast, you're part of a bundle, you're part of a summit, you're doing something with some other creative, whether you're going into another creative's membership and speaking inside of it, whatever that looks like, you're collaborating with another person and that is an incredible lead generation strategy because you're getting in front of all new people and you're able to showcase your expertise within that. And then they're more likely to go, oh yeah, I do want to go opt into their freebie that they talked about at the end of that podcast episode. I do want to learn more. I really love what they had to say in this podcast episode. Or wow, I loved that summit presentation. I'm going to make sure I download this free offer they had at the end and get on their email list so that I can continue to learn more. It's a way to get in front of new people. And frankly, once you've established yourself with your content, it's the simplest, smallest next step for getting in front of people because you can do it from the comfort of your home, especially for those of us that are introverts. Now, another lead generation strategy is word of mouth. And this is one that you don't quite have control over, right? With a collaboration, you can pitch yourself and you can go out of your way to put yourself in front of someone and request a collaboration, which next week's episode, it's going to be all about my pitching process. So stay tuned for that. But collaborations are something that you can 
I don't want to say force, but you can do you can do things to make happen. Word of mouth is not that simple in that regard. You can't go to someone and say, hey, can you be sure to tell someone about me? N- not necessarily, right? But a few things you can do to encourage word of mouth. One is, you know, serve your people well enough to make your services worth talking about. Two, building relationships with other people. So just by the nature of having friends within your industry and within adjoining industries, you're going to be more than likely to have people sharing about you just because what's going to happen is when they connect with you on whatever it may be, you know, I have so many friends in this online space that we've connected over our love of Disney, right? And so when we are out and about and we're with other creatives and someone says, oh, I need someone that's going to help me set up my Dubsado. And I automatically think, oh, Coley James. Like, It's not because I'm necessarily going out and hunting down people for her. But when someone talks about what she does, I automatically go, oh yeah, Coley. That's like, she comes to mind because we have a relationship, right? So building relationships with others within your industry and adjoining industries. And then there are times where it is acceptable to go, hey, can you share about me? So in a few instances that I'm thinking of, first and foremost, let's say that you're beginning to offer a brand new one-on-one offering. Well, that is a great time to go back to your former clients those that things ended well with, I guess I should say, but go back to your former clients and say, hey, I have this brand new offer. You might be a great fit and you can learn more about it here, but I also would really love it. If you know of anyone who would be a great fit, could you connect me with them? And so that is a time where it's appropriate because they've worked heavily with you and they've they've had that transformation that you've, you give your clients, you can say, Hey, I've got this new offering. I would really love your help in spreading the word about it. Do you happen to know anyone who you could see would be a great fit for this? Right. And they will most likely say no. But again, when a people around them mention that they need what you do, they're going to think of you top of mind, right? Especially because this new offer may not be exactly what you did with them. It may be similar but they may be able to go, oh, my health coach helped me do this. And now they have this offer that's exactly what you need. You might want to check them out. And so they've got that credibility. And you're making sure that your people that have worked with you in the past know and are able to help promote you in that way. And then the other instance that you could kind of go to someone and say, hey, please share about my stuff would be when you are creating affiliates. Now, affiliates are one of the growth strategies, so I don't want to go too deep into that right now, but essentially when you create affiliates for one of your products or offers, you're saying, hey, do you really truly love this course, this template, this whatever? If you do and you want to share about it, you can get paid to help share about it. But again, we'll we'll dive more into what affiliate marketing is and how that's a lead generation strategy here in just a moment. But I just wanted to throw that out there that when you are initially starting off your affiliate program, going to your people and saying, hey, you've been part of this. Do you want to be an affiliate? Do you want to talk and share about this? That's an appropriate way to kind of nudge word of mouth. Now, the next one, the fourth lead generation strategy for today is networking and in-person events. 
I wish I had started doing in-person events years, years and years before I actually did them. I was scared, (laughs) one, and two, they are an investment. They, they just are. And because they were such an investment or because they are such an investment, I put off going to any kind of in-person event until I was more financially, financially secure in the business. But they're an investment for a good reason. The in-person events that I have gone to have done more for my business than almost any other lead generation strategy because they help me build those connections. They help you build relationships with people and you're going to build a relationship with someone so much faster than you would through Instagram. And so you have this ability to get in front of people that if they're going to the similar conference or the same in-person event as you, they probably are like-minded. And so you know you have things in common already and you're able to build a foundation for relationships so much quicker. And so they're an investment. It's an investment worth making. Even if you just choose one a year to go to, try to add in-person events to your plate because it's, it's really going to help you build these connections that will then turn into either leads straight from these connections, or it'll turn into word of mouth, which will help you build further connections, right? So networking and in-person events, they're very scary, especially for those of us that are introverts. But I wish I had started doing them sooner because my business really took off. It took off exponentially once I started going to these in-person events. The fifth lead generation strategy is search engine optimization. Now, SEO is one of those generation strategies that is a long-term slow burn kind of plan. This isn't something that you're going to like say, go to an in-person event and immediately come home with a new client. It's not going to be like that. You're not going to implement and immediately start seeing results. But what will happen is over time, it's going to help you bring in cold audiences. So while a lot of what you do right now may be bringing in people that are warm, for example, collaborations, being a guest on a podcast, going to an in-person event, right? Word of mouth will bring in warm leads. Those leads are more likely to jump onto something that you have sooner because they are warmed up to the idea of working with you versus if you find someone on Google, that's going to be your cold audience to them. If you Google something and you come across a website and they have the answer to your question or they have what you need, you may jump in immediately and say, yes, like I will pay you money to do this. Or you may say, this is interesting. I'm going to continue to learn more about you, right? But SEO will bring in those people by nature of you using appropriate keywords and making sure that your content on your website is optimized for the search engine. There's a lot that goes into it. I honestly need to bring in an expert to come share about it more so on the podcast. But what it does is it brings in a larger amount of cold traffic. So it's it's more people than would say trickle in to a random piece of content that you put out. And over time, it'll become more. Again, it's a slow burn and it does take time for your website to get up to where the search engines want you. But over time, you'll be bringing in these people and they wouldn't have found you any other way, right? They're people that have just stumbled upon you on Google and then are moving onto your email list and things like that. So that's one of those that is a great slow burn. And I would recommend starting now 
diving into what SEO looks like and how you can make sure you're you're optimizing your website for Google in particular, but don't count on it being a mega growth strategy at this point in time. Just let it do its work for a few years. The other thing to think about though with SEO is that a lot of content platforms are starting to move into the SEO sphere. So YouTube has always been very SEO focused, right? It's very keyword focused. You want to make sure that when you're titling your your videos on YouTube, that you're titling them with words that people would be searching for. TikTok is another one right now that is very heavily SEO focused. And, you know, a lot of Gen Z and even some millennials, myself included, I no longer go to YouTube to search for something that I want a quick tutorial on. I go over to TikTok and I type in the search, what I'm looking for there, because it's going to bring me a fast tutorial, right? So something to keep in mind that content platforms are moving towards SEO focus. And I imagine and envision that the content platforms that aren't currently doing that will be moving towards that. But even it's not just TikTok, Facebook groups are heavily SEO based, right? You want to make sure that your Facebook group title has an SEO really specific title so that you're bringing in people from the Facebook search. In fact, I think Instagram may be the only one right now that isn't SEO focused. So I imagine that they are going to be moving towards that. The sixth lead generation strategy is public relations. And when we think about public relations, I think a lot of times we think like, oh, Taylor Swift and Joe broke up. And now a, a source close to the artist has, has let People Magazine know or whatever, um, that whole debacle. But, you know, it's, oh, a publicist is working behind the scenes and they're leaking information so that it says it's coming from a source. That's what we think about when we think of public relations or we think about uh, the fact that, oh, the celebrity had this uh-oh in the news and now they're planting all of these pieces of content about how they're saving children and whatever. We, that's what we think about a lot of times. But in reality, all public relations is, is building relationships with journalists so that you can get into some of these, I don't want to say more credible, that's not the right key word there. But, you know, Forbes is one that I see a lot of business owners, oh, I want to get in Forbes, that's a big deal. And so you have to build relationships in order to have pieces written about you or write pieces that you can submit planted. And so that's another lead generation strategy. That's one that's going to be more advanced for sure. But it's one that is something you could be thinking about for the future. And then the final organic growth strategy, lead generation strategy is the affiliate marketing that I said we were going to come back to. So affiliate marketing is where someone is given a specific link to one of your products and they then share that link with their audience. And when their audience uses that link to purchase your offer, the affiliate receives partial payment from the revenue you make from that offer. So for example, I've mentioned now that there would be a link to a HoneyBook discount and a cartridge discount in the show notes. Both of those are affiliate links. So if you were to go in and use either of those, you actually get a discount when you use those links, it's less than what you would pay if you just went to HoneyBook or Kartra yourself and signed up and you would get that discount. But I also would get a small percentage of the revenue that those companies make from your sign up. And so this is a beautiful lead generation strategy because one, 
You don't have to pay up front. Technically, it could be organic. It could be paid. You could argue either way. I put it on organic simply because you're not paying up front and you don't need a marketing budget up front for it. But you get to pay your people, but you don't have to pay them unless and until they actually make sales. So you know the money's coming in to be able to afford to pay them. It's a great strategy in that way. And it's also really nice because nothing sells better than word of mouth, right? We trust people that we already know and trust so much more than we would ever trust any ad. And so being able to have people go out there and say, I loved this course so much. I absolutely loved it. It changed my business. It changed my life. It changed my health. It changed my sleep. You should buy it too. That's going to generate way more sales for you and way more leads for you than you just going out and saying, hey, I've got this course for sale. You should buy it. Of course, it requires that your affiliates actually get out there and talk about it. If they just sign up for a link and never use it and never share about it, it won't do anything for you. But that is why this is, I would say, an advanced lead generation strategy because it does take a lot of time to set up an affiliate program and to run and manage an affiliate program and to make sure that you are providing your affiliates with all of the correct messaging that they need and just all of the different things that they need for it. Trust me, I have tried to set up affiliate programs multiple times now and I just do a, I've done a not great job with it because it is very, very time consuming. So that being said, it's a great lead generation strategy. It is time consuming to be totally honest. <laughs> and um, I would suggest encouraging word of mouth for the students that love your stuff first and foremost, and then later down on the line, set up an affiliate program. But it can be a great way for you to generate leads and for your affiliates to generate income. I have seen people make a ton of money off of affiliate streams. I've got clients that make a lot of their income each year on affiliate streams that they're promoting other businesses within their content and they're able to make money with it. So those are the organic growth or lead generation strategies, content, collaborations, word of mouth, networking and in-person events, SEO, public relations, and affiliate marketing. So the last three that I have for you are all paid. They're all, they're all strategies where you would need to have some kind of marketing budget upfront. So of course we've got ads, right? We see them everywhere. Instagram ads, TikTok ads, Facebook ads, all of the things. You could even um, put an ad in someone else's podcast, right? Someone could come to me and say, hey, I want to I wanna put an ad in your podcast. And if they were a good fit, I could say, sure, let's work out the terms. And they could have an ad in the podcast instead of me running one of my own ads. There are so many different places that you could have ads, right? And it's really just a way for you to say, hey, here's my stuff. Come learn more about it. Come join my email list. Come buy my product, whatever that may look like but you've got to have a marketing budget upfront for it in order to be able to run it, right? The next one would be influencer marketing. So this would be when you would specifically partner up with an influencer and pay them to promote your things. So one that I saw recently that I just thought was great was Domino's partnered with Elise Myers on TikTok and if you don't know who she is, she's absolutely hilarious. She is an incredible storyteller and has just captured TikTok with her storytelling. And the fact that she tells stories about her own embarrassing moments just makes her so much more, you know, relatable to all of us. Of like, oh, that's really cringy. I can't believe that happened to you. But anyways, if you haven't watched TikToks, they're great. Highly recommend 
going and looking into her. Uh, she's probably also on YouTube shorts if you don't want to download the TikTok app, but Domino's partnered with her for her to create an ad that she would then promote on her own account. And it was, she and her husband did like, I'm trying to remember. It was, she said, let's play a game. And then he said, sure. And she said, let's see how much Domino's we can each fit in our mouth. And he's trying to like fit the food in without swallowing to see how much he can fit in. And she's just eating. Um, and he's like, that's, you don't understand this. And it was just a stupid, silly little ad that was very on brand with the exact kind of comedy that she uses within her own account. And so the beauty of influencer marketing, getting back to the point, if you are able to partner with someone and you're able to give them that creative freedom of this is my product, I want you to create an ad for it, create a piece of content around it or multiple pieces of content, whatever you want that contract to look like, create these pieces of content around it so that your people hear about it. It's an incredible way to be able to hand off some of that lead generation and also not have to worry about the creative side of it and just say, hey, I trust you with this. Do what you do because I love your content and I love, I want to get in front of your people. Here's my product. Figure it out. Obviously, you'd give them some creative, like this is what the product is and whatnot. But for the most part, they do it themselves so that it aligns with their other content. And the best influencer ads, you don't even really know are ads. So that's the second one. And then the final one I have for you today is sponsorships. You can sponsor so many different things in this creative space. You could sponsor a podcast episode. You could sponsor a summit. That's a big one that you can do virtually is you can say, hey, you're having a summit. I want to pay you some money for you to put my name and my information in front of all of your thousands of summit attendees. And another one is similar to summits, conferences. You can help sponsor conferences. And these are all just really great ways to get your name and your business in front of new people. Even better if you can pair it with maybe you're also speaking or you're also attending and you can kind of say, Hey, like I'm doing this thing and here's my credibility. And also look, my logo is going to be all over all of this stuff for the whole weekend or the whole few days that this is happening so that you remember me. So with all of the paid ways to generate leads, you are putting that money up front, but you are able to get in front of much larger audiences typically than you would with any of the organic ones. Not always. There are definitely some exceptions to that. Collaborations, it really just depends. Public relations, it really just depends. But for most of the organic ones, it's it's more of a I'm getting in front of people and they're much warmer audiences, but it's a lower amount versus the paid. Once you're ready to scale, you're able to say, okay, I know I've got a great product. I know I've got my systems in place. I know that I can handle a large influx of people. How do I get it in front of a lot of people? So think about that. Paid ones may be something you want to wait on for a little bit. Dipping your toes into ads is always a good way to start with paid, but those are the 10 different lead generation strategies that you can take to get your business in front of more people and then use your nurturing to turn them into clients and customers. So your action step for this week is to choose just one single lead generation strategy to leverage alongside your content marketing. Remember from episode 148, or if you haven't listened, please be sure to go back and listen to that one. But when it comes to your marketing strategy, you want to have one growth strategy and one nurture strategy in place at all times because you need to be bringing people into your audience to nurture. 
if you aren't bringing people in, even you continue to sell to the same people over and over and over again, well, the sales are going to drop because your audience is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Essentially, because if they've already bought something, they're not going to buy it again. So you want to make sure you're always bringing in new leads with your chosen lead generation strategy and you're leveraging it alongside your content marketing. This week's book recommendation is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. It's a cute, a nice little meet cute. It's great for a summer read. If you haven't read all of her books are really great for summer reads and are also just really easy to read and and fun. This one is about, I believe, an author and either a publicist that she knows or an editor. There's someone else in the book sphere. And so that was a particularly fun one for me to read as I was working on my own book, um, which if you haven't, you can go ahead and grab it at amandawarfield.com slash book. But that was really fun for me to read during the the whole process of like, oh, I'm, I'm writing a book, but also it's just a really great little meet cute. So Book Lovers by Emily Henry, and you can also find that link in the show notes as well. And until next time, my friend, I hope that you'll go out and uncomplicate your life and biz. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you loved most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.